You're listening to episode 8 of the We Get the Runs podcast. This episode is called Running is Ageless and we'll play you our interview with Jean Dykes. Welcome to the We Get the Runs podcast. We're your hosts, Letty and Angela, and we invite you to join us as we chat about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make running a favorite part of your life. Hey runners! Hey runners! Welcome back to yet another episode of the We Got the Runs podcast. Yes, we have some inspiring and really great information to share with you today. Yes, we have actually an interview with Jean Dykes that we're going to play for you in a little bit. And the title of our episode this time is Running Ageless. Yes, so we're going to be talking about what it's like to run all through your years, talking about the importance and the value and how much we just love running. How much we love running and how beneficial it actually is for our health to be running. And um, if you want to share this podcast with any non-runners that you have in your family, uh, we're going to try to make it super inspiring. And obviously, Gene Dykes is going to help us with that with his interview. Yes, especially for people who are maybe into their 40s and 50s and they hadn't been running in the past and they're thinking of considering running. And, you know, this might just give you some more insight into the fact that it's okay to start running in your 40s. It's okay to start running in your 50s. It's a a totally wonderful and healthy thing that you can do because you don't have that background of running for so many years. So it's definitely possible. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There's a lot of stats that you can find about people uh, that run and start running later in their lives and how beneficial it is for them, not only for cardiovascular and muscle fibers, but also strength and everything that helps you as your age and your body starts slowing down. And uh, here's some quick stats for you. There's 50% of marathon finishers that actually fall into the 40s or older category, and this is in year 2016. Also, the average age for women running the Boston Marathon is 40 and 45 for men. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of my friends that are in their 40s, especially men, they find that actually that age group is more competitive than some of, some of the age groups in their 30s. And on the topic of masters, that's another thing to look forward to is you can win that medal because, you know, at the end of every race, we can't wait to see if we if we uh, place yeah. in our age group yet, if we're getting a medal, so that you can also win in masters. Um, so that's something else that you can look forward to. That's definitely something to look forward to. But, you know, just in general, the health benefits that you can get from running, there's just a ton of them. Yeah, so we have a few that we listed off here. So one thing, and I think a lot of people get into running, is for their weight. So, and that's one thing that you can start running by, start it off by, you know, supporting weight loss or weight management. And, and it's something that can definitely help in that area, maybe something that can just get you started. But I would say even for myself, I notice a change if I stop running. Even a week, I can notice a change in my health and my weight and everything. I agree 100%. Yeah, not only because of not burning those extra calories, but also I feel like that if you get up early and you run in the morning, 
you're probably going to pay more attention to what you put in your body because you think I already got up this early to put in all this work and now I'm not going to ruin it by, you know, eating something that is not so healthy. Definitely. I agree. Yeah, it's always inspiring me to to run better, I mean to eat better and to just be a better person, be more productive throughout the day and I mean that's my favorite thing about running and starting your day with running is that I feel so much more focused. I feel so accomplished at the start of my day before I even start work. Man, we really love running. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what are some other benefits? So it can increase your stamina, your fitness, and your strength. So if you're someone who maybe just predominantly does strength training or predominantly does Pilates or yoga or whatever it may be, and you maybe you want to take your fitness to another level or challenge yourself in a new way, running is something that can, of course, help you cardiovascularly, but it can also help with your stamina. It can also, also help with your strength, your leg strength, your calf strength specifically. I have a friend who she hadn't been running. Um, she, you know, she had run here and there, but mostly in high school she played volleyball and she plays volleyball just for fun and goes to the gym and, and lifts weights. And she started running and she's the first thing she noticed within the first month, she was so impressed at her calves and how they developed. Oh, wow. Running. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is interesting, especially since there's a lot of guys that actually can't seem to be building calf muscles. But normally runners have at least a little bit of a bulge down there. Yeah, definitely from that calf strength. And yeah, and I have a cousin and he was predominantly a weightlifter and he started running in June and he noticed that his calves have never, from all of his weight training, was never able to grow his calves. And as soon as he started running, he's like, I can't believe my legs. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, also running uphill, running stairs, your glutes too. You can yeah. get yourself a butt that way. Yeah, definitely. Especially, well, if you're running the right way. Cause you, have you heard, you know, it's very common if you're a runner, sometimes you don't engage your glutes because you're more so engaging like the quad and your Oh, the right, pressures. right. Yeah. But that's another topic. That is another topic <laughs> for another day. Another topic for another day. Okay, so another benefit is that it can ward off illnesses. So it can support our immune health. It can support our, our overall health. I would say on the topic of that you mentioned, that it kind of motivates you to want to eat a little bit healthier. But also running as a whole can support your immune health and helping your immunity to be stronger. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're less susceptible to colds, less susceptible to flus and viral illnesses. So another benefit is that it can reduce your health risks, of course. So and one way that it can reduce your health risks is that when you are running more regularly, you have a lower um, risk of of having uh, specifically type 2 diabetes because your body is able to process that glucose that is you know, within your bloodstream and on a more readily available. So um, a little kind of detailed information, but the ins- you know, it's able to absorb insulin into the, sh- into the cell and glucose into the cell more readily. So, and, you know, and that's something that you have an issue with when you have type two diabetes. So that can help in that area. Also lowering your blood pressure so if someone has low blood pressure and they're interested in, in trying running, that's something that can really help with your blood pressure. You know, your body's about ability to um, manage stress and, and manage that because your heart gets stronger, of course. What I say is with, you know, with running and exercise is most important is that you're strengthening out of all the muscles, you're strengthening your heart, the most important muscle. And as that gets stronger, your blood pressure improves. That's so true. Yeah. Not to mention metabolic syndrome, you know, metabolic syndrome is a combination of 
your waist to hip ratio and your your total weight and triglycerides and cholesterol and all of that but it can lower that you know it can lower your total weight like we mentioned in the beginning initially um, and lower your instance of obesity um, stroke cancer many things that's awesome yeah so i guess it's never too late to start running because i mean especially as you age problems can occur and so you can probably use running as a preventative and try to help you stay healthy yeah it can also boost your mood that is for sure most runners are very happy people yeah definitely i mean i know just waking up in the morning and you may not be having that great of a day and as soon as you get out the door it's like your mind is cleared your issues are gone you just feel like a new person that's very true yeah i mean anytime you're in a bad mood also you can just get out the door and go for a run and normally after that happens the world looks completely different once you're done yeah for sure i mean nobody's ever left the house and went for a run and come back feeling worse and saying i regret having gone on a run yeah never yeah <laughs> so we love running as you can tell <laughs> so uh two others one more is that you can also you can stay more active and independent as you as you age of course because when you are doing exercise which is something that is compounding it's challenging your muscles and it's challenging your bone strength and you know to prevent osteoporosis and build the strength of your bones is where you would do something that's putting force onto your bones causing your bones to break down and then rebuild stronger and that's how you can prevent osteoporosis so that's one way that you can be more independent as you age, but also it's keeping you active, it's keeping you more mobile, and having more endurance to be able to walk or whatever it may be for longer longer periods of time. Nice. So, well, if we haven't convinced you to start running yet, then we'll play the interview next with Gene Dykes. Gene Dykes uh, is a very fast person. He ran a 2.54 marathon at age 72, and this is in 2018. And we'll talk some more about um, to him about his PRs and recent records. But he's a very inspiring person, so let's listen to his interview. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. We're very excited to have you on here, um, especially because, you know, everybody knows about you and has heard about you having this two hours and 54-minute marathon world record that you set back in um, 2018. And we know it wasn't <coughs> official because the race director failed to get the course sanctioned, but it was a certified course and everything. So in our books, that's a world record. So... We just wanted to um, hear a little bit about yourself, if you can tell us where you're from and how you got started running. Oh, uh, well, I grew up in uh, Canton, Ohio. And uh, oh, it was about one day when I was 14, maybe, you know, about 14, I, I just got it in my head to go running one day. Um, so I put on my uh, sneakers and I don't know, it was probably blue jeans, you know, things like that. I didn't have running clothes back then. and. Uh, and I took off uh, to visit uh, a girlfriend's house who was two and a half miles away. And I thought, oh, I'll surprise her, you know. And I made it about a mile <laughs> and uh, almost gave up. And I was really disgusted with myself. And sort of, you know, that showed some of the determination I have. I said, that's the last time I ever walk when I go running. So uh, uh, throughout that whole summer and the next year, I would... Uh, you know, go out once or twice a week, just for the fun of it. And uh, then of course, uh, high school came along and it made sense to join the track team. And uh, I ran the 
the two mile event, which was new that year, uh, that was considered, you know, long distance. Uh, now I wouldn't, I don't even dream of running races that short, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate, I hate things, anything less than, well, I even hate 5Ks, but less than 5K really is uh, really awful. Um, so I thought I was kind of uh, big stuff in uh, high school. I, you know, I, I set the uh, high school record in the two mile and the county record. But remember, this was the first year it had been run. So uh, when I went off to college, I found out that I was not a really great runner. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, showed me up. I was getting lapped by my competitors, getting lapped by my teammates, and. Uh, it was just awful. Coach hated me. <laughs> and uh, so, and that, that was important because it really firmly ingrained in me that I was just an ordinary runner. And uh, so once I got out of college, uh, it never occurred to me to look for races or anything. You, you do things you're good at. And I was good at golf and bowling. So uh, those were my uh, big sports as an adult. I did enjoy running and uh, I would go out and sometimes in shape, sometimes not. And I would go out and run, uh, oh, you know, two miles the first day, four miles the next time, and then eight. I always tried to go, tried to go longer until uh, I, I got out of the, got out of the, the groove and then I'd go back to zero. But, you know, I was not, I was never too far from, from, uh, uh, being in shape. I always considered myself a runner even when I wasn't. That's still a runner. <laughs> well, back then, you know, I should stress that back then people did, nobody called themselves runners. It was before books were written about running. I can't remember ever seeing another runner in all the hundreds of miles I ran out there. Can you imagine that running, you know, in normal streets someone and never seeing another runner wow uh dogs would go berserk dogs dogs know what runners are now and they don't bother them much the dogs would go berserk back then you know? <laughs> <laughs> see somebody running by yeah so then you were playing golf for your adult life and that was more your go-to sport running was just kind of a leisure thing that you do planlessly yeah, it was just just fun. I just you know enjoyed it. I was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I didn't even know that there were road races out there. I mean, I knew of a couple marathons maybe, but I had no idea there were five Ks and ten Ks and half marathons. So I never never knew about anything like that. It wasn't until uh, oh, when I was fifty-six. I was out golfing with somebody and he says, Oh, I've got this running group. You know, you should, you should, you should join us. I said, well, I used to run a lot. Uh, in fact, it had been six years since I had run at that point because I had, uh, Oh, kind of ripped up my hamstring, uh, running with a buddy. And, uh, really it was every year I would try and run and every year it would hurt. And so, so I could, so after six years, uh, I said, okay, I'll spend the summer. Maybe I'll get out and run a few times. And then when I think I can keep up with you guys, I'll, I'll come join you. And so that's what got me back into running was uh, uh, just, just a chance uh, acquaintance on the golf course. And at what age was that you said? I was 56. 
Okay, so how was running at 56 different than the times that you did it before when you were doing it? You know, obviously you were doing it leisurely beforehand and you try to do it leisurely before, but I'm talking about your body. Did you feel any different? Uh, yeah, it's definitely, well, as I already alluded, there was nobody running the first time around. And so the main reason it's easier the second time around was because there were people to run with. And, uh, well, that made it a whole lot more interesting than going out and running on my own. Uh, and I guess uh, having, being able to listen to music during a long, boring run, I resisted that for a long time. I told my kids, I said, you know, if you have to listen to music while you run, that, that means you don't have any thoughts worth listening to. <laughs> But I certainly never wear uh, headphones during a race and a lot of runs I won't because my first choice is to run with people and have conversations. Nice. So that was, uh, that was the main reason it was a lot nicer the second time around. Uh, watches didn't make it easier because uh, the first GPS watch I got it was a total waste of money. You know, it was connected to the satellite maybe 10% of the time. It was just so I had to wait uh, two or three years uh, later until the watches were improved before uh, I tried a second time. Uh, but uh, some people think that uh, when you're old, you need more recovery time. I certainly bought into that. If I had a hard workout, my legs were sore, and I said, well, I'm old. You know, I've got to wait until my, you know, if I run on sore legs, I'll get injured. So I only ran uh, two, three days a week, sometimes four, because I wanted to be rested when I got back out there. Well, then I got a coach and he was having nothing, nothing with that. Uh, uh, I would run five or six days a week and hard. I mean, here was a typical morning for me. I'd wake up and I would literally have to limp down the stairs, kind of hanging onto the banister because my legs were so sore. And... I look at the, what his workout is for me, and, and my reaction was nearly always, he wants me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> just, there's just no way. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here aching, and he wants me to do a hard workout. Uh, but it turns out that working out on sore legs is probably key to, to really upping your game. Wow, that's another trick that I have to write down. <laughs> We're taking notes over here. So um, we wanted to also know, so you started running, it was at 56, you said. And then when did you realize, okay, maybe I do like it and I want to try to find a 5K or a half marathon and um, what type of race mm -hmm. you select? Well, I ran with these guys for a year and a half. Uh, all they did was talk about racing. And uh, well, I might have started a little sooner, but uh, when you Picking up the sport again, you know, you tend to get injured a lot. And I uh, didn't really get healthy, sturdy enough to do a race, I guess, for a year and a half. And uh, I got my daughter. I said, let's go out and do this trail race. It's a seven-mile trail race, and it uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, it was way more fun than I, than I thought it would be. It was just a total hoot. You know, within 100 yards, we're sitting here running through the woods over fallen trees and branches and rocks and cry. It was just, it was just really, really fun. And then it was probably two or three weeks later, I ran my first road race, which was a half marathon. And 
uh, lo and behold, I beat all my running buddies and my time was good enough to get into the New York marathon without having to go through the lottery. And they were all doing the New York marathon. So they said, you've got to run it with us. You know, I had no intention of running a marathon that soon, but so I had to go out and do it. And at New York, I qualified for Boston. So I had to do that. And uh, so pretty much I was just thrust into it in rather short order. It sounds like the decision was taken out of your hands. <laughs> yeah. And ever since then, I don't know if it was conscious or unconscious, but every year after that, I've always strived to run a little faster on the road and a little longer on the trail. So those have been my two aspects of my running career, you know, faster road, longer on trail. So what was your mileage at that point when you're running the New York Marathon? Did you um, just kind of catapult yourself into ultras or did you, you recover and go back to a normal mileage, quote unquote, quote unquote? Well, I didn't think about doing ultras for a while. Uh, my idea of training for a marathon was do a lot of long, slow miles. I would do, you know, four weeks out, I would do 60 miles and 70, then 80 and then 90. And my taper consisted of not running at all for a week. And, you know, it seemed to work. I was getting, getting better uh, every year uh, until I didn't. And... That's what really, really uh, changed my whole life was when I stopped improving and said, well, I've only got a few good years left. If I want to see how good I am, maybe I should hire a coach. And uh, it, it turned out that there was so much, so much more improvement in there that I couldn't unlock, but, uh, but he found it. Uh, it was uh, maybe three years after my first marathon that I did a 50K. And a lot of people recognize this. After that 50K, I hit the wall so hard. And I swore, well, I've done an ultra. <laughs> that's, that's, that's it. You know, I'll, I'll never do an ultra again. And, uh, and I didn't think about doing an ultra for three more years. Uh, but one of my buddies said, who wants to run Comrades? You know, Comrades is a 58-mile road race in South Africa, which for some reason I knew about when I was, oh, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And, it, and I had pictures of, you know, running in the mountains and the jungles or whatever was, was there and never thought about it again. But as soon as you mentioned that race, it popped back into my head and I said, oh, yeah, I've got to do that. And it was while training for that that I discovered that uh, ultras were a lot of fun. I, I did 50K on three consecutive weekends and I always finished strong. And I said, well, this is great. If I can, you know, run a 50K and feel strong at the end, I could probably go longer. And indeed, after Comrades, uh, the next year I entered a 100 mile race. And uh, boy, you have to put race in quotes. I got nauseated. I had to more or less jog pitifully slowly or, or walk for the last 60 miles. And, uh, but I finished it. And of course, swore that I would never, never, ever <laughs> do another 100 miler. And now I, I, don't, I don't think anything of running uh, five or six hundred and 200 mile races in a year. So it's okay to say never, but you won't mean it. 
So it was kind of like the, what we know as marathon amnesia, that right after the marathon, we swear them off. We never want to do them again. You do, you have the same thing, but it's with ultras. Or it used to be like that. Yeah. I know, I always wanted to do another marathon faster. Uh, so I didn't have that with marathons, but yeah, ultras was always, oh, I'll never do that again. I think in my last 200, I said, no, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> and uh <laughs> I think I've signed up for three in the next year. So, And you seem to use ultras to train for marathons. Or is that kind of your secret to your speed, how you do marathons so much faster? Do you do your ultras, just use them as longer runs to make you stronger and not really focus on any kind of um, pace? Well, I didn't think that they would help my marathoning when I was doing them, I guess. And I'm quite sure that my coach would bang his head against the wall every time I signed up for another ultra because you know, he said, I'm supposed to train you to do a good marathon. You keep going out and running. But he and I are both totally on board now with the idea that doing ultras uh, is something nobody else seems to do to train for marathons. And I seem to be pretty good at it. So perhaps there's something to it. And my personal theory is that you build up a really big base, which gives you a, a greater lever into turning that into marathon speed. Uh, so I plan out all my years that way. I'll have a season where I go out and do ultras. And then my marathon cycle is usually only six to eight weeks because I don't have to build up the distance. I only have to get converted my, uh, my base into, in, into speed. I've got all the endurance I need. You know, when I run a marathon, I get to the start line and then say, huh, I'm almost done. <laughs> I mean, it does make sense when you think about the high mileage helping you, making you stronger, but then you would think that after an ultra, your recovery time would just be a little bit longer and that you wouldn't be able to just catapult back into training. Well, it turns out that uh, I think running ultras also just really shortens your recovery time. Um, uh, because uh, I didn't uh, have any recovering time going into that Jacksonville marathon. I mean, I, most people, you know, start tapering the last three weeks and uh, I ran a 50 K in a marathon two weeks before on a Saturday and a Sunday and a hard five <laughs> K the next week. You know, I mean, when you've done a lot of ultras, you really can, uh, can recover fast and, and, and get, get fast again. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. You, you make ultras sound good. So let me ask you this, just going off on a tangent. For somebody who's never done an ultra, who wants to maybe do a 50-miler in the United States or outside, which one would you recommend and why? Oh, I always tell people that uh, the 50-miler uh, the that's coming up in two, two weeks uh, in Ithaca, New York, the Cayuga Trails 50, it's just just an amazing race. It's I've run in some spectacular places, but there's something really special about running there. You're running through a couple river gorges with waterfalls and canyons, and uh, the trails between the canyons are just just wonderful. To it's 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 what running off roads is all about. It's not that technical, uh, and uh, the elevation profile looks hideous, but you can you can run good 80% of it. It's it's a great race. 
So that's my favorite uh, 50 miler. Um, uh, but if you want an introduction to it, best thing to do is, and don't worry about not training on trails. I don't train on trails and I don't train for ultras. Marathon training is all you need to get out there and uh, have a good time at an ultra. It isn't all you need to be really good at it, but it's easily enough to go out and have a whole, a whole lot of fun doing it. But when it comes to training, you do have to put in a few marathon distance runs a couple of weeks before. Is that how you did it or do it? Or do you just go out and just give it your all? Well, each, I say I don't train for ultras, but of course, each ultra is training for the next one. So <laughs> the best way to train is just keep hitting that enter button. <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. So then um, when you realized going back to when you had done New York and then Boston, when did you start attempt to break world records? Were you going after age group reward, awards first and then realized, hey, I have so much more? Or when was it that you realized, you know, I'm going to look at some numbers and I'm actually really high up there? Uh, I imagine it was probably sometime in early 2016. Um, I had been working with my coach for a couple years and my marathon PRs were showing steady improvement. Uh, I knew though, absolutely positively that all the age group records were unattainable, but I discovered in the organization ARRS and they keep track of single age records. And I noticed that Ed Whitlock, who held the age group record for 70 to 74 and was, you know, I didn't think I had a chance at that. And, but his age 70 record was a little over three hours, like three hours and 20 seconds. And my PR was three hours and four minutes. And you know, every marathon I had been improving. So it certainly wasn't a stretch to think I could beat that. I could set the world record for age 70. So I was 68 then, and that really motivated my training. Um, and that was the important part of it. I didn't really care you know, to be known as holding that record. It was just a challenge that, that uh, you, know, you know how are you, when you're running and you start thinking about crossing the finish line, you know, nicking your opponent by a, by a yard or, uh, or, or uh, breaking the tape. It was that kind of thing. It just, if ever I was tired out there, I just thought, well, I've got this goal and you know, it will all be worth it. And, uh, and lo and behold, I, uh, I beat it by three minutes, uh, four days after I turned 70. Uh, so then after that, you decided, okay, I'm just going to keep going and do more. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, an, I mean, I, I, I guarantee you that going into that race, I was with everybody else that said Ed Whitlock's 254 is something nobody else will ever come close to. But then after when I finished that race, I said, well, I ran 257. I'm only three and a half, I'm only three and a half minutes behind that. And, you know, I just knocked four minutes off. I could train and knock three more minutes off. And so that was my first realization that I could go for that age group record. And, uh, but I already was pretty much filled, had my whole year planned out for races. So, uh, and, and setting a world record hadn't been part of that. So 
well, I just ran all those races anyway. And I, I ran, I raced almost every weekend that I ran 40 races. Uh, that, that first race in Rotterdam where I ran 257, that was the first weekend of 16 consecutive weeks racing. And, uh, and over that stretch, I, I set a whole bunch of records and national championships and I got stronger every week. I mean, every week I got stronger by racing hard every week. That's another thing most people don't do. They don't race enough. Of course, <laughs> you know, have a caveat here. I'm retired, you know, and I know not everybody can get out there and, and uh, travel to races as often as I do, but everybody could race more often than they do. Yeah, well, regardless, people are scared of um, getting injured too, right? If you're pushing yourself too hard, there's a lot of information out there that says maybe you shouldn't do that because you could get an injury if you're pushing too hard. But you are obviously a living example that this is not so true. Well, I'm not so sure, but all my improvement was gradual. I mean, uh, it, uh, it's one of my mottos is every week, you try and run a little bit further, a little bit faster, or a little bit more often, or some combination of those three. And it, it's amazing where you'll be in, in a few years. The, uh, the impossible becomes possible, and the possible becomes routine. It's, there's just no way, you know, at, at one point that I would have thought I could run 100 miles and, or 200 miles. But, you know, you just keep running a little farther, and pretty soon it's there. And... Oh, you want some more inspiration? I met a woman at the Rocky Raccoon 100, and a, a common thing to talk about when you you're, you're running alongside somebody is, oh, you know, how many hundreds have you done? She says, oh no, this is my first. She's, in fact, she says, I've never run further than a half marathon in my life, and uh, I thought, for sure, this is a total crash and burn coming up. But she finished in uh, 20, very respectable 28 hours and uh, just, just unbelievable. So uh, uh, you may not need to train as hard as you think you might do 100 miles. My own personal thing is that if you can run 35 miles, uh, then you can run 100. Because once you get to that, it doesn't really get a whole lot worse. You just, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, that's why a lot of people... I think bomb out of their first hundred is because they think, oh, if it feels bad now, how will it feel, you know, in a couple hours? But uh, you just reach sort of a steady state and it's just a matter of just keep on going. Just put your head down and keep running. Yeah, the finish, the important lesson you have to learn in your first 100 is the finish line always shows up. If you just keep going, it'll always show up. And at some point in your race, you'll think, oh, I'm never going to finish. But once you have that knowledge, you can just keep going. It sounds like you've got that part figured out. That's awesome. Well, let me tell you, I went down to Jacksonville. I didn't tell anybody that I was hoping to break the world age group record there. Uh, and if anybody asked if I were going to try, I'd say, are you kidding me? I just ran a marathon in a 50K last weekend. Uh, and, uh, and I truly thought that if I broke the record, I'd make a post on Facebook and, you know, maybe a few friends would congratulate me and, and that'd be it. But uh, I was totally stunned that it, that it went viral. Uh, and here we are almost two years later and, and nice folks like you are still pestering me. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what happened after you 
did break that. Have you been approached by Runner's World and other companies? Do you have a sponsor right now? Oh, no, no sponsors. I did have uh, one company send me a whole bunch of their products. Absolute best stuff. If you get into marathons or ultras, uh, Mountain, M-A-U-R-T-E-N, it's the most amazing stuff. Uh, I couldn't have broken the world record without it. It allows me to get way more calories in than anything else I've ever uh, tried to use. Uh, 300 calories was the best I could consume during a marathon before. And uh, at Jacksonville, I, I got 900 calories down. And uh, you know, that allowed me to run real hard to the end without, without bonking. Yeah, so but uh, sponsors, I don't know, no. I'm not the right demographic, I think, for most sponsors. Uh, they're looking for, for the young studs and studettes. Well, you're certainly beating them right now. And I think Morton is the same uh, fueling that Kipchoge used to break his world record. Yeah, it's wonderful stuff. We'll have to give that a try. And um, so, Jean, let me ask you, since uh, how does running affected other parts of your life? And I mean, running a sub hour three marathon, I can't even think of maybe five runners that I know that are guys in their thirties that are all striving to run a sub three marathon. So who do you run with? Who are your training partners? Well, it's true that, uh, you know, almost everybody I run with is younger than I am, but you know, when you're 72, uh, you know, most, most of your competition is six feet under. So, uh, uh, and, but I run with groups where, I don't think anything about, uh, you know, slowing down, running with the back of the pack. I always tell them if somebody seems like, oh, I can't run with you. You're too fast. I always tell them, you know, I can run slow with the best of them. And uh, every run has a purpose. And sometimes the, the purpose is pure, pure social. And uh, yeah, it, it, it can be fun. So let me ask you, do you have any tips for people that haven't started running yet? Um, for example, I know a lot of women that have had children and you know once they are in that age group 30s and older maybe 40s don't feel like they want to start something new because if they haven't been a runner in their 20s then certainly it's too late to do it in your 30s or 40s or maybe even 50s so what do you tell those people yeah well certainly it's uh, never too late and there are just so many good reasons to run uh well, the main one is just because, but you know, there, you can do it to, to be sociable. You can do it for fitness. You can do it for competition. You can do it as an excuse to, to travel. Uh, uh, my main tips are no matter why you decide to start running, be sure to realize that the worst running pain is out of shape running pain. I think a lot of people give up because they think if it hurts this much now, just think how much it's gonna hurt when I run faster but it's absolutely the, the other way around. The faster you get, the easier, the easier it is. Uh, each of my marathon PRs, I felt better at the end than the one before. And uh, when I first started doing marathons, it was just total agony the last six miles. I wasn't able to walk for a week afterwards. <laughs> and uh, now, uh, I don't know, Jacksonville was one of the easiest marathons I ever ran. Uh, yeah, good experience. <laughs> yeah, it's just the uh, better you get, the the more the more fun it is. Uh, and uh, again, just improve a little bit, and it's amazing what'll happen. 
another tip is once you get into running, make sure you're looking forward to something. Uh, you know, it can be a key race, or but the best way is to plan a vacation around the run. Uh, my wife and I toured Iceland for a week uh, using uh, a marathon there as an excuse to go in. What a wonderful place that was. And I think if I hadn't wanted to run the Reykjavik Marathon, you know, we might never have discovered that. And it, it just makes travel and running the two just complement themselves uh, so well. Once a year, get out there, get out and travel somewhere to a race. You'll, you'll, you'll really, really like it. This year I went to New Zealand for a hundred miler. It was amazing, amazing place. Did you tie it into a vacation? I spent, I wanted to stay a little longer than I did. I'd been there 20 years ago, but uh, uh, I talked my running buddies into, I went with two other guys and we, uh, we toured the geyser region for two or three days uh, before and after the race. Uh, so it was, uh, it was wonderful. It was one of the last, you know, one of the last races I've done because uh, things aren't happening now. Right, hopefully that'll be over soon and then we can resume um, our regular schedules of having marathons in our lives. So that said, do you have anything uh, lined up for or you know, any marathons that you were planning on doing next year? Oh, I'm, my next year is really gonna be, uh, we've got a real amazing schedule for next year. Uh, uh, I think in the first, just through June, I've got uh, oh, six ultras, uh, the shortest of which is 100 miles. <laughs> uh, the sixth one will either be a 350 mile race or, or the bad water. I swore I would never do bad water. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's 136 miles in Death Valley in July. And, uh, but I don't know, never say never. <laughs> So, uh, and, but I usually don't plan my year out until November, but I've, I'm already, already got a lot of 2021 uh, booked up. Right, because especially now we have all the time in the world to plan races. So Badwater, was that one that you had to qualify for or how does it, how does you one have get to be in, You have to be invited. You send them a resume and uh, uh, I'm hoping that the, my story is compelling enough. The, the main reason to run it is that if I complete it next year, I would be the oldest ever runner to complete it uh, under 48 hours. Uh, the, some guy just last year or two years ago uh, did it at age 70. Uh, but even if I beat that, his achievement will be more significant because he not only ran it under 48 hours, he then continued on, went up to the top of Mount Whitney, turned around and went all the way back to the starting line. <laughs> so uh, I'm not gonna, oops, I almost said never. <laughs> I don't think I'll do that. So, okay, so do you have any other projects that you're working on? Are you writing any books or do you do speaking engagements? Well, I have a working title for the book that I'm never going to get around to writing. And it's, it's called Just Run. I've got a lot of chapters sketched out, but again, I really doubt that uh, I'll get around to writing it. I've done a few speaking engagements for an audience, uh, but more often my speaking engagements consist of uh, boring people at uh, cocktail parties, you know. So, uh, 
but I actually had success. I, I ran into a guy at a cocktail party last year and I said, I tucked him into running that 50 mile trail race in, in uh, Ithaca, New York with me. And uh, I've talked so many people into doing that race and every one of them uh, always plans on starting, you know, doing it every year as well. So it's, uh, if, that, if you don't like that, you know, boy, stay away from ultras because it's, it's, it's so great. Can you tell us the name of that race again? The Cayuga Trails 50. Cayuga Trails 50. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, we really do hope that you come out with a book because I think you'll have a pretty much a big audience that wants to read it. Yeah, I, I should quickly say that one of the, there will be a chapter devoted to a lot of things people think they should do instead of running. Like they think they should stretch instead of running or flexibility or crossfitting or weightlifting or who knows what else. Just get out there and run. You don't have to do all those other things. Uh, some of those things may be called for in certain, like I'm doing a little stretching now because of an injury, but uh, I've generally found that I get injured less if I don't stretch and, uh, and I get more injured by stretching i think and uh, running is its own stretching you just start easy and warm up and that's all you need uh, and uh, biking heck that's just time taken away from running you know, so. <laughs> but <laughs> no it's certainly not one rule fits all it's just the important takeaway is just because everybody says so doesn't mean it's true make sure it works for you and, and uh, don't be afraid to uh, to look to think outside the box yeah don't be afraid to try new things and mm -hmm. um that'll that's something that our listeners can take away from this just to go out there and have fun with it it seems like you're you have a super positive attitude with all your runs and training runs and you just do it and you have a you have a blast with it mm -hmm. oh it is just totally changed my life that's for sure well, thank you, Jean, so much. Thank you for your time. And um, hopefully we can have you on again on another session where we can talk to you about perhaps nutrition or how you do other things a little bit more in detail. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good mm -hmm. one. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you, Letty, for doing that interview. That was so inspiring. I really enjoyed listening to him and listening to his story. I mean, that it's just truly remarkable. I mean, I would love to run with him, but I, I doubt I could keep up with him. <laughs> I don't think any of us could. You know, if you actually really think about it and conceptualize that type of time, we know people that are on the verge of breaking three hours, fast guys, and they would not be able to hold pace with him. So that's really crazy just to think about it that way. Yeah, and just how he progressed with, you know, not running that many miles to the amount of miles that he was running and then running that many miles and then at that top speed. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, maybe could be another topic for one of our future podcasts, just how he uses ultras to train himself for a marathon. And, you know, it kind of goes along lines with what our coach has been telling us, that the more miles you run, the stronger a runner you become, and that ultimately makes you faster. But, you know, he wasn't talking about ultras, and Gene Dykes is just using ultras to prep for a marathon. I mean... Yeah. 
real that's a really cool strategy and, and you know and that would be really an interesting topic and I'm sure that's not something that would work for everyone you know it's not something that everyone should go out and start doing some ultras to prep and be a stronger marathon runner but I mean there's definitely there's got to be some truth to that in building you know those longer miles and that endurance and in, in your leg strength for that long capacity of time yeah I agree and I mean but also with him I think actually there could be a lot of maybe genetic factors because I can't I imagine you know a person that doesn't do cross training doesn't stretch and with the amount of running that he does to really not have injuries and and just keep progressing like that at that age it's just you know I mean who knows how he would have done you know earlier in the years if he would have started running at 15 or so and just been a professional runner how that would have played out if he yeah. really would have tried at that age. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it's always interesting to think of those hypothetical situations, but you know, maybe he wouldn't have had the time to dedicate to it then at a younger age, but he had this time at a, at a later year, and he was running so fast that people our age and younger can't even fathom running. Exactly. Yeah, and he always said, I mean, I've listened to him on other podcasts too, he always says that he thinks that a person gets about 15 years where they can really, really run. So. It's a matter of, of asking yourself, when do you want to put your 15 years in and really go for it? You know, if he does it later on in life, he always said that if you do it later on in life, you have a higher chance of winning age group awards, etc. So that's what he says, but who knows? I believe that he probably has some genetic factors, like I said, and he would have always been a fast person if he had really, really tried. Definitely some really good genes that we all kind of wish we had a little bit of. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So that was good. Yeah, I can't wait to share that with you know some of my friends and family members and hopefully inspire them. Yeah, inspire people in general. If you want to share this with your friends that are non-runners, maybe they'll you know, give it a second try and, and try to run and try to sign up for that 5K. Even the, you know, the training plans that they have, the couch to 5K, signing up for that Thanksgiving run or whatever it is. Yeah, just something to get started and, and help you to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that you really never thought was possible. You know, I think that's one of the most amazing things about running. It, it really is, yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to become like him because you probably can't, you know. <laughs> well, we don't want to say that. We don't want to set your hopes down. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. It's not inspiring. Sorry. But, but, you know, just be the best version of yourself. Fight that person in the mirror. And, you know, that's all we can do and should do. And, and that way, keeping it healthy and, and take out the nastiness of competition with people that are supportive of one another. Yes, and encouraging you that really age is just a number and it, it shouldn't be something that should hold you back. That's right. And on that note, we'll end this podcast. Hope you had uh, you enjoyed listening to us. And um, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, please do so. You can also follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page. Yes, please. And if you're on um, iTunes, please give us a rating. And we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week of running. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast and you can also like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Our account you can find under WGTR Podcast. Thanks and have a great week of running.